Hey there, support raising missionaries. We're excited for you to hear this podcast with Abby Keel and Michelle Davis. Lots of updates for our crew missionaries in particular, but really helpful principles and ideas for all of us who trust God for teams of prayer and financial partners to be about his work. Coming up in August, we've got two excellent conversations about how to pursue healthy MPD as teams, so be sure to stay tuned. Make sure to check us out, the Crew MPD podcast on Buzzsprout or your favorite podcasting app. And please interact with Katie and I on our Facebook page, on Instagram, and also on Twitter. Search for the Crew MPD podcast and you'll find us. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive in with Michelle and Abby. Welcome to the Crew MPD Podcast with Katie Johnson and Jason Rook. We love that the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. We are driven to equip and inspire laborers to be Christ-centered, fully funded, and financially faithful so that the missionary can get in front of lost people and tell them about Jesus. We're really excited today to welcome Abby Keel and Michelle Davis, both on staff with Crew. Welcome, ladies. Hey. Good to have you with us. Uh, why don't you why don't we start by just having you introduce yourselves a little bit more? Tell us uh, what your role is on staff with crew um, and maybe a little bit about uh, where you live and your family. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm Michelle Davis, and I live in Columbus, Ohio. Um, I've been on staff with crew for like eighteen years. Feels like a long time. That's great. And, um, you know, was on a local team here in Columbus before moving over to the MPD ministry partner development world. My husband, Joe, is not on staff anymore, but he was for a time. He's now a nurse. I've got two kids. They're great. They're doing something over in another part of my house right now, hopefully. <laughs> um, and I, my job right now is I am the director of innovation and resources for ministry partner development, a part of the U.S. national MPD team, which just needs like two business cards to get all that on there. There's a lot there. <laughs> a isn't long there? Yeah. title. Basically, my job is to make sure that every resource and um, element of our MPD training that we have is as effective as it as possible and to apply innovation and outside the box thinking in order to ensure that. And so I feel like I just get to live the dream and solve problems and help our staff. And I don't know, I, I like puzzles and yeah. problem solving. So this seems like a good fit. A great fit. Awesome. Thanks, Michelle. How about you, Abby? Uh, my name is Abby Keel and I live in the Atlanta, Georgia area on the north side. Uh, with my husband, Jason, who is also on crew staff. Um, I am a crew staff kid, so I feel like I've been on staff my whole life. And my parents still serve on staff um, in central Illinois. So uh, we have three teenagers in our house. So never a dull moment, uh, but we love it. This is kind of our favorite stage um, of life so far. Well, my favorite stage of life so far. And we, uh, I actually serve as the director of training for MPD on the U.S. National an MPD team, which means I oversee all trainings um, having to do with our staff and raising their support from 
uh, interns to coaches to new staff to senior staff. So all those things. So it's a it's a large scale job, but I have lots of people um, who have jumped in who um, help out in all those various spaces. But um, I have a background in education and educational development. And so this is really um, also kind of a sweet spot for me uh, to be operating in and doing all the things I love and feel passionate about and equipping our staff. Awesome. We are so glad you guys are here. Um, We're excited to have you on our podcast today. And so we wanted to start, um, you guys have kind of been spearheading this change from uh, what crew have formerly used uh, vision and calling albums or vacas to now conversation guides. And so Mm -hmm. I think one of the big questions, a lot of staff are wondering, what is a conversation guide? (laughs) Sure. Let me answer that. So as we began to just look at our changing culture and our demographic um, and how people in our society are communicating with one another. We realized we needed to come up with a more effective tool um, than a three ring binder with some pages and some pictures in it. And so we wanted to create also um, not just something that was customizable for each staff person, but also contextualizable um, as we bring in people from other ethnic communities who might communicate differently. And so we wanted to create something um, that was contextualizable for all of our staff also. But because we are living in an increasingly digital space, we wanted to create something that was also digital, which makes it easy right, to customize and to update. Um, what we really want to do, though, is that especially as senior staff, people who have been missionaries for a while, we know that the vast majority of our communication about our ministry happens in informal spaces. And so we needed to create a tool that was going to work in more informal spaces. Um, But we still wanted to have um, a way to help our staff have what we call a guided conversation so that they're not just talking to somebody and hoping to maybe slip in some pieces about their ministry, but have kind of a more focused um, way of talking about their ministry in a way that still feels relational and engaging, um, but professional at the same time. So we want to, so we've created a digital tool that's a very simplified um, version of if you used any kind of, you know, Bakker something, um, where there's usually just one image and a word. So it gives your partner, potential partner, a visual something to look at, right? A face to go with a name um, or a visual to go with a city or a location. And, and that's a cue for us as staff people to know what it is that we want to be sharing um, in that part of our, our conversation so that we can get our staff um learning how to really engage well with story and get to the end point of inviting people into partnership with them. Yeah. I mean, I think the power of images is evident in the last decade plus here with social media in particular, like an Instagram, we're an Instagram culture, right? So images communicate uh, the, the, the a bit of a cliche, right? A a picture, uh, What's what's how how does it go? Thousand words, picture. Picture is worth a thousand words. That's good. See, Michelle is taking a picture of us on Zoom. (laughs) This is fantastic. Uh, But that I think is something that uh, I think I'm encouraged that we're continuing to capitalize on and and see as effective in in helping us communicate to prospective partners. So I know a lot of you are probably wondering where we can get these conversation guides to be able to use in our ministries. And so um, we just wanted to let you know they should be on staff web under the MPD section. And so you can look there, you can download, customize and start using those today. Awesome. Yeah. So for our crew, our crew staff, that's, that's the great place to find those. And if you're listening, you're a missionary, you're not with our, our staff, 
hey, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, tell us what you're using, what tools you're using to most effectively communicate with prospective partners and current partners. Um, you can comment on our Facebook page. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, a little bit more about what other ministries and missionaries are doing as well. One of the things, ladies, that we've been talking a lot about recently is the differences in the way generations communicate. Uh, when I came on staff, uh, I'm dating myself here, landlines only, right? Ah. Um, no, no interwebs. We just didn't have that stuff, right? So it was a different time of communication. Um, and for a long time, we've continued to emphasize the phone as a primary way to reach people and set up appointments. Um, what, what can you tell us about what kinds of shifts we've made uh, lately and, and how does that uh, differ by generation? Yeah, well, what's magical about phones today is that there's so much more, right? Like I just took a picture of us on Zoom. Uh, there's a bazillion apps. There's, you know, my brother was actually just joking with me today that I probably have more power in my back pocket than what a giant computer at a university had yes. 40 years ago, right? Yes. And so. So we are um, wanting to be sure our staff are prepared for and equipped to just stay at pace with communication trends. And the reality is, is that um, different generations gravitate towards different social media apps. But for um, crew staff and other missionaries, we kind of have to know the breadth of them, even if it's not like our personal favorite. So for our youngest staff who've maybe given up on Facebook just as a personal choice, that's where all the boomers live. And so you need Facebook, you know, like you, you do, you need Facebook yeah. Messenger, you need to use it. Um, you know, Instagram is kind of middle of the road and people, a lot of people are there and you can send direct messages there. We've um, also seen staff use um, apps like Marco Polo um, mm. or I think Google Duo is a newer app and it does this too, where you can just send like a video. It's almost like a voicemail. Mm -hmm. So it's not a live call, but it's like, it's you and your face and you're saying like, Hey, I want to talk to you more about my ministry. I'm wondering when is a good time to connect? And they could just, you know, I think the thing is, is that the newest shiniest app on my phone is probably what I haven't turned off the notifications for. And I'll answer it first. Right. right. And, um, and for some generations, they are just starting to abandon things that seem bread and butter, like email or whatever. So you just have to, mm -hmm. we have to be prepared for everything. And, we still make phone calls, right? Yeah. Like, so tell, yeah, tell yeah. us about that. I mean, so I, I know for, for our staff in particular, as we are, um, we want to set goals and, and, and see certain level of effort for, for years. We've say, here's how many phone calls you need to make every yeah. week. Um, so mm -hmm. how has that changed? Are we done making phone calls? Yeah. Talk to us a little bit. Okay. About, we're about not done phone. making, we're definitely not done making phone calls, but for some people that is still the best way to get a hold of them. And it's also, you could argue that it's still like a, a bit more clear and direct form of communication than text messaging. Maybe, you know, like maybe mm -hmm. use a text to get to a phone call so that you can just be mm -hmm. more clear what you're asking for and trying to set up an appointment or trying to explain an increase ask or follow up with another letter you sent. Right. But um, I think what we're noticing in the coaching world is that it's, it is a bit hard to measure like how many text messages equals roughly what one completed call was 18 years ago. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what we're starting to like train our staff in is to just say whatever it takes to get in front of people to get appointments, you know? And so some of our staff, might send 
you know, 50 text messages in one day to set up three appointments. And some might get it done in three text messages. It just, it depends on factors that are just a little outside of our control. So we just have to be prepared to be what I would call lovingly persistent. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, great. Like endure in kind communication to get those appointments, right? So, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, we love that phrase, lovingly persistent, graciously yeah. persistent. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is good. I mean, I think it's good for us to to be ready to communicate in the most effective ways possible. So thanks for, for updating us on totally. that. That's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned leaving messages on apps like Google Duo and Marco Polo. Uh-huh. Can you speak a little bit into video calls for appointments? Is that a good strategy? What's the best way to do that? What does that look like? Yeah, I um, I love video appointments. And I think that, well, currently in 2020, that's a lot of all we have in some places, right? Because of um, social distancing and things like that. But I would propose that even outside of global pandemics, it's good to have proficient use of video appointments in your MPD tool belt, so to speak, because there are just times when it can be really difficult to set up an in-person appointment with someone. Um, And it doesn't mean that they don't want to talk about your ministry. It just means that they're in a season of life that's crazy. Like I have a friend who I was trying to get a video point or trying to get an MPD appointment with them. And I see them naturally three times a week. Well, when it's not a pandemic, because we're (laughs) in a small group together, like we go to church together, you know, but to see the husband and wife together where the kids aren't interrupting, where we could have a focused conversation about MPD was like almost impossible to find. And so finally, even though they live 15 minutes from me, you, you know, all these things. I was like, let's just get on a video appointment after our kids are in bed. Then no one has to find a sitter. It, it's just going to be a little bit easier. And I already had a relationship with them. So it was pretty easy to jump in and do that. Um, and so, so yeah, I had a video appointment with someone that is right here in my city and hmm. it just worked out better schedule wise. Of course, also a video appointment can save us some travel. So if we're getting mm-hmm. referrals out of state, um, Let's say that, like, you know, your cousin knows this person four states away who's really excited about your ministry, but do you, do you fly there? Maybe you should just video appointment first. <laughs> you know, if that person can introduce you to 20 friends, maybe fly out there. But if it's just one person, you know, have a video appointment. And so that to say, um, it's worth our effort as missionaries to take some time to think through how we would have a video appointment to think through, to even practice it with either a coach or a friend, another staff person, like, here's the pictures I would show, here's the story I would tell. And then also, I think the burden's on us to, like, be familiar with a lot of different platforms for that so that we can do whatever they're comfortable with. You know what I mean? One of the things that um, we want our listeners to be aware of, too, is, as Michelle, you're talking about um, video appointments. Michelle's actually been on another podcast um, about support raising, Support Raising Solutions, SRS podcast. Um, so she talked with Aaron about really a lot about video appointments. In particular, right now, we're while we're recording this, we're in the midst of uh, some states coming out of lockdown in, in the midst of COVID-19, some uh, are not, right? And so video appointments can be especially helpful right now. And so if you want to hear Michelle uh, talk a little bit more at length about that, check out the SRS mm-hmm. podcast. Um, so we're talking a lot about texting. Um, and, and I know, I mean, even 
we talk about generations, but even like my, my father's generation, which, um, you know, is, is the, the baby boomer generation, they're all over texting. So they're familiar with it. It's, you know, you could, it does, it's not just the kids that are using uh, messages and texting, things like that. So one of the questions that might come up for missionaries is what do I say in a text? Uh, You know, we're used to short little bursts of communication through texts. Um, so yeah. how, how, how can we help our, our missionaries know what to say? Yeah. Uh, we were actually having this conversation with like a, a senior staff group, Abby and I were working with about, um, we're trying to help our staff be more relational, but that doesn't mean casual, you know? So you don't want to like throw out some acronym that like, uh, have you seen the one like KWIM? It stands for know what I mean. People may not know what that means. <laughs> I wouldn't even know. Right. I would have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be lost on that one too. You know what I mean, right? It's a thing. Um, but it also, if you don't know what it means, it just looks like you said some creepy words. <laughs> um, so we're just getting, we're just getting up to speed on LOL, right? We're just <laughs> rolling on the floor. That's um, right. Yeah. So, you know, you'll want to still keep your, your capital letters and your punctuation, your, your, you know, your, you're more like professional representation language, um, but you can do that over text. You know, we've put together some scripting. We've made it available to all of our new staff and it's available. I know for sure for those who are in reconnect and we're working on getting all that stuff on staff, our staff web eventually too for crew staff, mm-hmm. but just some ideas of like, um, and it could be something like if it's a friend and I want to call them later, like, Hey, Amanda, I, I really want to give you a call. I'm not sure what time is good for you. What would be a good time for me to call? You know, um, or like I'm planning to call around four. Let me know if that's not good for you. Right. Or if um, you're getting a referral from someone, um, I kind of personally like to write there with my new ministry partner, just have them shoot a quick text to their friends. Like, Hey, I'm sitting right now with my friend Michelle, she's a missionary with crew. I'm sending her your way. Here's her number. Here's the key. Save this number in your phone so that your Google Assistant doesn't like screen it out for you. Right. <laughs> you notice that? My my phone, I just got a new phone and it like screens calls like hmm. aggressively. It thinks everything's a scam if it's check not. your check your settings on your check phone. Your right, settings. Yeah. My my daughter's teacher tried to call me and it it thought it was a scam. It was not. It was third grade. <laughs> so um so check your settings, but other people maybe haven't checked their settings. So I think the whole pretext to make sure they have your number, that they know who's calling, that they know what to expect helps a ton, helps a ton with that. That's great. And I, yeah, I'm curious with all the new scripting, um, it's, I know there's some more new scripting you guys have been working on. And so um, what other new scripting has come out specifically? Is there a new referral script? Um and what does that look like? How have you changed it? Yeah, as we're changing our language from an MPD presentation to an MPD conversation, we're just trying to make it as natural and relational as possible. And one of those things is, yes, changing our scripting. Um, and our referral script is one of the referrals gathering process is one of the hardest parts of raising support. Everybody knows it, um, but it's probably arguably also one of the most important pieces of that. And so there are some key elements that we want to have in um, an ask for someone to, to refer us and you know to introduce us to their friends. The most important thing is to keep it simple and to keep it natural. It's only as awkward as you make it. 
And so one of the ways that we, that I do this and that we train our new staff to do this with crew is to lead with vision and not with need. So we know that we need other people to join us, but we don't want to lead with, I need more people. We want to lead with, I love sharing about my ministry with as many people as possible. Are there others that you think would be encouraged to hear about what we're doing? Maybe someone in um, the Bible study that you're in on Tuesday nights that you were talking about. And so we want to um, ask for names. Obviously, we want to ask people to make introductions. We want them maybe to qualify those names. If they give us three names of people, ask, who do you think I should talk to first? Um, We always want to ask them to lend their credibility. So would you mind introducing me to your friend rather than me just calling, you know, Joe Smith, it makes a lot more sense if my friend introduces me, just like Michelle was saying, hey, I'm sitting right here with my friend Michelle. I'd love to send her your way, right, to do that. Um, Anytime our friends can lend us their credibility, it goes a long way. And in some ethnic communities, you're going to need that. Um, You're going to need to have someone. And maybe even that person's going to go on an appointment with you to introduce you in person um, to the family or the person that they're going to introduce you to. And that's just really important. And um, and then just get contact information if you can. And sometimes that's going to take a little longer because they're going to want to check with your friend first and mm-hmm. make sure it's okay for you to talk to them and then pass on information. But really, we want to keep it as simple as possible. You know, when you get to the end of your, when you're kind of wrapping up your, you know, your time together, just say something simple like, this has been really fun. Um, can you can you think of anyone else who would be encouraged to hear about my ministry? And then always suggest a category. So as you're listening, as you're talking, you know they're in a prayer group, you know they've got a, a neighbor that you know has been a missionary or something, and give them some categories to think through rather than just putting people on the spot that way. Um, if you live and serve in a raise and support in a much more um, indirect community, um, a community that uses a more indirect communication style, you might just be very general and just saying, you know, as you can imagine, it will take a large team of people to help me do this. And I would be honored if you would introduce me and then lend your credibility in your community and to help me build my team of partners. And in that, in that case, we would keep it very general and not kind of push for names um, in those communities. We want to honor the people that we're talking to um, and kind of respect their process there. But in the majority culture, in the white majority culture, Feel free to just offer categories and just say, I would just love to talk to people about this. Awesome. Thanks so much, Abby. I love that. I mean, I think for, especially for those of us on on crew staff, we're familiar with, we've, we've changed that the way to ask people to introduce us to others a number of times over the years. And it's, it's really shortened now, right? I was just going to say, I think that part of like the simplifying is because we were seeing like, as people kind of wind up for the pitch and say a lot can like lead to this nervousness and almost talking them out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just keep it simple. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Don't wind up so hard for the pitch. Yeah. Excellent. That's, that's great. So, yeah. And I think the, the, the bottom line here is we're, we're simply looking for other people who uh, are with us in the mission. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what this, I mean, we are united by the spirit of the living God and we want to meet other people who know Jesus and want to make him known. So um, I love this. I think it's going to be really helpful for for missionaries, for our staff. Uh, what, another thing that we've been talking a lot about, uh, in particular in crew, and I know other missions uh, agencies as well, churches, uh, is uh, ethnic minority leaders and raising support, ministry partner development, along with 
um, the, the, the topic of how can majority culture staff advocate for ethnic minorities in, in certain situations? So can, can you tell us how we're thinking about MPD in light of ethnicity? Sure, sure. Well, it, it just comes down to the Imago Day, right? That we are all um, part of the Imago Day, And so we need people that don't look like us um, to be part of the mission with us, to reach other people that don't look like us um, from wherever we're standing. And so one of um, Crew's priorities at this point is to figure out how do we um, create an inclusive environment. We want everybody to join us in the mission. We don't want to have a space that feels um, threatening or unsafe. And so one of our priorities really um, in MPD and in MPD training right now is to create um, an open, welcoming, hospitable, and even a healing space uh, for our staff and um, for lots of our staff who maybe have served in you know missions or with her with other spaces before, um, it can just be fairly traumatic uh, to be, you know, raising support um, with little training or poor training. And can, they can, people have come to us with some trauma. So we want this to be a healing space uh, where people feel welcome, where they feel heard, um, and where their experience is valued highly in how we now help them um, engage their communities um, in the missionary process. And for lots of our staff, they might be the first people in their community to, to go as a missionary to raise support. And that can be scary, um, but it can also be really visionary, right? A blazing a trail, um, but they need our support and our encouragement. And that's part of then one way that our majority culture staff can come alongside and to advocate for them. And by advocating, we're talking about sharing resources, not financial resources necessarily, that's not a bad thing either, but saying, my partners are your partners. I have these friends that are super engaged in the vision of our ministry. I would love to introduce you to them. Right? So it's we're sharing our resources with others. We're not just throwing money at them, but we're really introducing them and giving them a platform in spaces where they normally might not have access um, to those places. And so that's one thing we're really encouraging our staff to do is to stand in the gap for one another and share resources. That's so encouraging. And I think what one of the things we want to do, Katie and I have talked a little bit about this, is have um, more episodes, maybe even a series of episodes on this very topic. Uh, what what can we do differently? What are some um, ideas and strategies and both mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the, the way of helping ethnic minorities themselves raise support as well as majority culture people uh, uh, working in, in the realm of advocacy. So that, yeah, that's great sure. to hear. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I'm excited about the the episodes about how to advocate. Um, and so I'm excited to get those out to Jason. And so anyway, that's all we have for you guys today. Question why? I mean, we've loved having you. This might not be the last time you're on this podcast, I'm sure. We'll but bring we you back. Really, yes. Um, we really appreciate you guys leading um, in these areas of resources and training and um, we're just really thankful of how you've moved um, the direction of MPD and what the changes that have happened. And so we appreciate you coming on our podcast and updating staff and missionaries on the different ways that we do things now. And so, yeah, thank you guys so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. 